Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome once again to this online service. And last week, I shared with you a very powerful truth. The Word of God tells us that the people who know their God will do exploit. They will be strong. They will do exploit. And uh, we want, we really want to know our God. And how can we know God and understand about God so that we will rise up, will be a strong and powerful people who will do exploit for the Lord. God, when He does something, He always leaves behind the footprint so that through the evidence of the footprint, we can trace back, we can begin to understand and know the things that God has done. And I think this is very important uh, truth that we, we must have or, or understand so that when we see things, you know, it's, it's not obviously there, but it, it, there is a footprint. You know, you can look at the footprint, you trace it back. You don't see the whole thing, but there are evidence that God will always leave behind for us to, to believe, for us to see and understand and know Him. Now, in the Old Testament, Joshua was leading the nation of Israel uh, through the river Jordan and uh, into the Promised Land. It's just like, you know, Moses parted the Red Sea. Joshua also parted the Red Sea. So God told Joshua, when you all have crossed the, the river Jordan as if on dry ground, then pick up 12 stones from the river. And this will be the evidence, this will be the footprint for the future generation. When they see this stone, they will ask, what is this? Then you can trace back. Then you can tell them what God had done so that they will know God, so that they will understand God and they will be a people who will do exploit because our God is a great God. Let's read this in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 7. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest stood, and to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. 
in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Uh, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So can you see? God did the miracles. He parted the river Jordan. But he wanted to lift behind footprints, evidence, so that the future generation will be able to know that he's a great God. He's a miracle-working God. He's a faithful God who, who provides, who opens the, the way when there is no way. Now, so we see that they, the 12 men pick up stone, rather rock. You know, they have to carry on the shoulder, large stone, as, and, and then set it up so that the future generation will come and be able to trace back and one as a memorial. They'll be able to ask, what's this? And then they'll trace back to what God has done. So this is what happened in the nation of Israel when they crossed the river Jordan under the leadership of Joshua. God's covenant with Abraham or Abraham. You know, God told Abraham, circumcise yourself. That, and then all the Israelites are to circumcise themselves. The male Israelites. So can you see, this is, this is a, the covenant, the evidence of the covenant that God made with, Israel, uh, with Abraham and the future generation forever. That's the footprint. You know, so that they will know that they are a chosen people that they are so special uh, in their relationship with God. And, and God has used the circumcision as a sign to the Israelites that they have entered into an everlasting covenant with God. And for us Christians, the baptism, when we are baptized, we're baptized into Christ. It tells us our experience of coming into Jesus, buried with Him, resurrected with Him, you know, and, and having a complete new life. You see, the baptism is a memorial. It reminds us, it tells us what happened on the cross of Calvary, what Jesus has done for whole man, all mankind and for, for us who have received Him. And the communion, again, that God set aside this bread and wine to remind us of what Jesus has done. He shed his blood. His body was broken for us. So can you see, whatever God does, you know, he will leave behind and some evidence, some, something, uh, his footprint, so that it will help us remember what he has done and so that when we begin to think about it, trace it back, we are able to know and understand our God. The people who know their God will do 
great exploit, will be strong and do great exploit. And how do we know him? Look around. A lot of things are right before you. You know, when you see certain things in your life, that reminds you of what God has done. Some of us, we just look at our home and then we remember what God has done. We remember in those days how we struggle. And today, God has given us a beautiful home. Right? So there are so many things that we can see and understand and know our God. And we need to, we need to learn to look at uh, this thing. And then in Isaiah 41, verse 17 to 19. Isaiah 41, 17 to 19. Isaiah is telling us that not only we are to look, because sometimes we just look at things and, and it has no great meaning for us. But when you look at the thing, you've got to consider. You've got to think. You've got to prop deeper. It's just like the Israelites look at the stones that they, they lift up from the river Jordan. Then they got to consider. They got to think, remember the story. Otherwise, it will, it will be just some rocks that is there. But they have to ask questions. God expects us to ask questions. God expects us to be able to see from those footprints so that we will know Him. Look, Isaiah 41, verse 17. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and a patch ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive. I will set pines in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together. Verse 20, so that people may see and know and may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. So can you see? Let's look at verse 20 again. So that the people may see and know, may consider and understand that the hands of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. So in order for us to know God, in order for us to understand God, we've got to see, we've got to consider so that we may know and we may understand. So God described a situation where the poor and needy are crying out to God. And there's, naturally speaking, there's no help. There's problem. And, and there's no way out. But God wants to prove that He is a God who will not forsake those who cry out to Him, those who are weak, and the Word of God says He will 
make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. So, so God is going to do the miraculous. He's going to do the impossible. What is the reason? Besides meeting the needs of those who are crying out to Him, He wants people to be able to see His hands working, not forsaking His, his people or the people who cry out to Him. So, so from here, it's very important that we do not just go through life, rush, you know, do things without thinking. You know, we need to stop, we need to see, right? We need to see, and then we need to consider. Begins to meditate, begins to think, begins to ask questions, begins to probe. What does it mean? Go deeper. A lot of people just have superficial understanding of the Word of God. They just have a super understanding of God. But God wants us to know Him. God wants us to understand his ways, so that we, together with him, may do exploit and bring glory and honor to him. So it's important that when we see, when we consider, when we try to understand, we need to connect the dots together. What do I mean by connecting the dots together? You know, some things that happen, it may be, have, it, may have, it may not have any direct bearing with your present situation now. So if you do not connect the dots together, you will not be able to know God. You will not be able to understand God and therefore able to do exploit in your present situation. Let me illustrate this truth by using Moses. We know that God appeared to Moses and called him and demonstrate to him that he is to use the stuff that is in his hand. You know, when he cast that stuff on the ground, it becomes a snake. When he, 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 he used that stuff, Raise the stuff, crying out to God. God begins to send the plates to torment the Egyptian so that the Egyptian will know that he is God. So let's read some of these verses and then, I, and then we'll see how we should connect these thoughts together. In Exodus 14, verse 13 and 14. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptian you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So here they are. Uh, before the, the, the Red Sea, and Moses is telling the people that they are to stand firm and be able to see the deliverance of God today, you know, now, in this present moment. And uh, Moses having said that, you know, because he believed God, he, he knew this is what God will do. 
But yet, at the same time, Moses was expecting God to do it. He said, "You know, you 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 will you will see the deliverance. The Lord will bring you today. You just stand from you just see." It. But that is not what God has in mind. You know, Moses, you got to rise up. You got to connect the dots. You got to raise your stuff. And look at the next verse, verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Why are you crying out to me?" You know, because Moses have told the people to see, wait for the deliverance of God, and then he's crying out to God, "God help us! God deliver us!" God looked down and responded to Moses, "Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the waters, so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground." Can you see here? Very often we do not connect the dot. We're waiting for God. We're waiting for God to do it, and Moses is crying out for God to do it. And God say, "Hey, Moses, why are you crying? You got to do it. You you got to tell the people to to keep moving. And at the same time, you have to raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water." So that the Israelite can go on dry ground. Can you see? God wants us to know Him. Those who know Him will do exploit. But a lot of us, we know something about God, just like Moses. You know, we we just we believe God. We believe God. But God is expecting us to rise up and perform that miracles, open that that that, uh, and part the 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 Red Sea. And let's go back a little bit further and see. Moses did not quite learn the lesson, even though he's used by God. But he still did not learn the lesson because uh, if, if we go back before the parting of the Red Sea, before the deliverance of the nation of Israel, the Jews, the Hebrews, there were the ten plagues that was going. That was happening in Egypt before Pharaoh was willing to let them go, and then change his mind and chase after them. Okay, so during that ten plague, what happened? Let's read just some of the verses, and 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 you will see the the staff. The staff in in Moses' hand, and, and Moses did not connect the dot. Look at. Verse twenty of Exodus seven. Exodus seven, verse twenty. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. He raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials and struck the water of the Nile, and all the water was changed into blood. You see, it was God sent Moses, but it was Moses who took up his staff and then struck. The river now, and then that water was turned into blood. And then Exodus eight verse five. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds, and make flood come up on the land of Egypt." So you are. What do you have to do? 
You have to stretch out your hand with your stuff. You know, and then God will cause us the flocks to come out from those rivers, from those ponds and streams. And then once again in chapter 9, verse 23, 9.23, from Moses stretched out his stuff towards the sky, the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning flashed down to the ground. So the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. Can you see? That's the result of Moses lift, stretching out his stuff towards the sky. So can you... Uh, uh, and, and if Moses have... a uh, well, one more verse, Exodus 10, verse 13. So Moses stretched out his staff over Egypt, and the Lord made an east wind blow across the land all that day and all that night. By morning, the wind had brought the locusts. So can you see every of this plague, Moses lift up his staff, and then things happen. It's Moses who is the one who brought this thing uh, upon the land of Egypt under the commission of God himself. So if Moses has connected all these thoughts, he realized he has to do it. He realized the authority and the power that he has, you know, that God has given to him through the stuff. So now that he is approaching uh, the Red Sea, and right before him and, and behind him is the Egyptian army chasing after the nation. If Moses has connected the dots, he will realize what he needs to do now. I think we know what, what he needs to do. So God told him, Moses, stop crying. Stop shouting to me. Leave your stuff. Command the water to, to part, and it will happen. So can you see, when we, when we are able to look into those footprints, what God has done, and we begin to see the pattern, we begin to see what's behind it, we begin to understand. So when we apply you know, that, what we have learned in our present situation, we will see miracles take place. We will be the one who is strong and do exploit. Because that's how God works. And we know Him. We understand Him. We saw in His footprint the things that He is doing. He was doing. And what He will do now in my situation. So after that experience of crossing the Red Sea and Moses was rebuilt by God and God told him you know, to live up his stuff and stop crying. So the next time, well, years later, when the Amalekites came and attacked the nation of Israel at Rephidim, Moses has learned his lesson. Moses know what he is to do. And Moses did not, you know, just cry to God and say, God save us, God deliver us, God. No, let's read it. Read it in Exodus 17, verse 9, verse, verse 8 to, to verse 12. The Amalekites came and attacked 
the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Moses and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So here is a totally new situation. And then there's a vast army, the Amalekites come and want to destroy the nation of Israel. Moses did not cry to God like previous time before the Red Sea, you know, and ask God to deliver. Moses knew what he is to do. He knew that he has to lift that stuff up to God. And so he told Joshua, you go and fight. But it's God who delivers. It's God who gives us victory. We just do not have the strength and the power and, and, and uh, the skill to defeat this, this enemy. We are just a bunch of people coming out of Egypt. We are not trained soldiers. But I know the secret. I know God. When I lift those stuff up to heavens and call upon His name, He will do that miracles because that's what He did in the past. You see, Moses knew the footprint and Moses connected the dots and he understand. And so we see that when Moses held out his hand and eventually they have victory over this great army of the Amalekites. So can you see, how do we know God? It's before us. It's in the things you, you see. But when you look at those things, do you consider? Or you just look and it's like nothing. When you look at this building, Calvary Crown, what do you think of? It's just a building? Or do you consider and say, God, I can truly see your miraculous hand working in our church. You know, to, to build up this building. And I can see that when you draw people together in oneness of heart, in unity, despite the fact that the enemies are attacking, the enemies want to divide, but when we unite ourselves together, God, He that is in us is greater than He that is in the world. We can accomplish exploit. We can do great things. Because we know you are God. See, so when you look at this building and you begin to consider what God has done, then you will know Him. And then you'll be strong. You'll be able to do exploit in your situation, in what you are going through right now. Can you see? So it's very important that we see and we consider. And because... Uh, because God is uh, living behind those footprints. 
So it's very important that we understand what God has done in time past. Our forefathers, the previous generation, what God has done through them, we appreciate, we look, and we consider, and we know that God, you will do it in my generation. You will do it in my life because I've sinned. it. Okay, so we, 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 we treasure what God has done in, in the previous generation. And so let us look, let us be able to see, and let us consider, consider, so that we can know God, so that we can understand God, so that we can be people who do exploit. I want to give you another uh, story to, to emphasize this point in the New Testament. You know, the feeding of the 5,000, that miracles happen. It's important to understand how that miracles happen. The, the apostles, the, the disciples, they did not really understand. And they, that's why they missed out what God could have done through them. Right? Uh, I'm going to read this story. Uh, not, not this story. I'll read these verses to you. And then, and then we consider. We look and consider so that we can understand. Mark 6 was 44. To 52. Mark 6 verse 44. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oar because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them. Walking on the lake, he was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. You see, to know God, we've got to understand what God has done. And we know this is in the context of the feeding of the 5,000. They have no food to eat. They have been listening to Jesus for a long time. And 5,000 men, plus women and children. And they came to Jesus and said, hey, send them home because it's getting late. And they have no food to eat. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And they say, no, you know, I mean, we don't have the money. It will cost so much. And besides, this is a wilderness. Where do we get food even if we got money? So everything is against us. There's nothing we can do. Send them back. Jesus said, no. 
You give them. Go and find out what you have. Go and find out. So they found the five loaves and two fishes. And Jesus took them, pray, bless them, and break it. And then that miracles took place. And immediately after that miracles took place, Jesus sent them on a boat. And here is this present situation in the middle of the lake in the evening. And a storm came raging on so that these experienced fishermen were afraid for their life. And through it, Jesus came and walked on water. An amazing thing is the Bible tells us that he was going to pass them by. He wasn't coming to them and say, oh, you poor thing, good job, I'm around, I'm coming here to save you. No, no. He was going to walk by. And they thought they've seen a ghost walking on water. And they cry out. So out of his compassion, out of his mercy, Jesus tell them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Right. The thing is this. The scripture concludes by saying, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. You link it up with Jesus was walking to pass them by. You see, God doesn't just want to come and save us every time we have problems, we cry, and then God will immediately come and say, you poor thing, you know, I'm here to save you. No. God wants us to know Him. God wants us to understand His ways. God wants us to be strong and do exploit. Look at those footprints. Connecting those thoughts. Then you understand. Jesus has already prepared them for this storm through the feeding of the 5,000. It's just that their heart were hardened. They did not understand. And therefore, in this situation, they were totally helpless. What did Jesus tell them? You give them something to eat. You do the impossible. You call God and see the miracles taking place with what you have. Not with what you don't have, with what you have. You have enough resources in you to see that miracles happen. If you know God, if you understand, if you believe God, that was a lesson that Jesus was teaching them so that in the days to come, when they face this kind of situation, they will rise up, use what they have, and, and pray to God and see that miracles take place instead of crying and helplessness and hopelessness. It's about time the people of God rise up. It's about time that we really know our God. Instead of in every situation we cry, we complain, we murmur, we blame, we... You know, it's time that you rise up. It's time that the people of God rise up and see what our God will do in this situation and see the miracles that God will work through us when we rise up, live our stuff, 
Use what we have. Speak. And bring that miracle to, to take place. So Jesus was walking them by. Jesus expect them to rise up and speak to the stone and say, be still. Be still. If they've understood the feeding of the 5,000, they will realize God want them to do it. Moses, you part the Red Sea. Lift up that stuff and you speak and part the Red Sea. Because I've been teaching you to lift your stuff to the sky. You know, and things happen. Hailstone begins to rain down to the river and, and frogs came out from the rivers and streams on. Lift those stuff. Can you see the footprint? Can you connect the dots? The disciples, the five loaves and two fishes, the feeding of the 5,000. Can you see those footprints? Can you connect the dot with your present situation here now? Brothers and sisters, you know, when you look at what God has done, you look at the footprint, you look at the stories that we have read in the Bible, we hear testimony from different ones. Can you connect those dots? Can you see those footprints and say, God, I know you. I understand you. This is how you work. This is, this is who you are. And I know how to seek after you to bring those miracles to take place, to do those exploits, to bring glory and honor to your name. So I trust uh, that this teaching will bring about breakthrough in our life and in our faith, in our commitment towards Jesus, so that we are the people who know, who know God, who understand God's way, who are strong, who see the dots, uh, the, the, the footprint and connect those dots. And we are able to see the miracles of God in our situation, in our day, to bring glory and honor to Him. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you that you always leave behind evidence, footprints for us to see so that we know what you have done so that we can believe your greatness so that we can hold on and trust in you and to bring those miracles into our life, into our situation. I pray for everyone who listened to this message that favor arise, that we will arise in our spirit to be that strong man, to be that man who know our God and to exploit. We thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.